This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here and the founder of Worth Recovery. I'm a sex addict and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012. So I am all sorts of full of sunshine and possibilities today. And I adore days like this because I feel like I fight for them. This is definitely not my normal state, though I do feel like it's getting better, but I fight the struggle every day. Feelings of loneliness, unworthiness, inadequacy, I fight them all of the time, every single day. But the more I fight, the more I talk back to the voices and the noise around me, the more I have days like today where I feel like everything is possible and the entire world is coming together for my good where I trust the process and I trust my higher power and I trust that he's going to help me get through this to a better state of where I want to be. And when I have days like this, days like today, I always try to be extra grateful. As much as I sometimes hate life on life terms, I really do have a great life. I have a family that love me and care about me. I have circles of friends where I feel accepted, loved, and supported. I have a recovery community of amazing women and men who are constantly looking for ways to move their lives forward and who are inspiring to me. I have a continually developing relationship with my higher power who is moving pieces in place in my life for my benefit. I'm sober, I'm recovering, I'm healing, and I'm happier today than I was even just a few months ago. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this day full of sunshine and possibilities, and I'm going to pray for more days like today. But I'm also going to remember that when I don't get them every day, because they don't come every day, I'll recognize that continuing in the struggle is 100% worth it. In addition to all of these things, all of these things that I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for you today. Each day as I work on podcast episodes and the courses and the events for Worth Recovery that I'm working on, I am filled with gratitude for you. Ladies, it is so easy to feel alone in this battle. It is scary to admit that you're an addict or even might be an addict. It's terrifying to walk into your first recovery meeting. It would be hard with any addiction or any mental health problem to admit that you have one, but sex addiction, an intimacy disorder, it's even worse. It maybe even feels slimy. I know I kind of felt slimy at the beginning. And you think sex addict and you think of all the stereotypes associated with that and it feels dirty and nauseating and difficult to accept. So today, as I am working to be extra grateful for the things in my life, I'm grateful for you and I want to assure you of a few things. One, you are not alone. Each of us deals with these feelings in some way or another. Each of us going through this recovery process deals with these feelings. And and it's not fun. So I want you to know that you're not alone, that Each one of us feels that way. Second, I want you to know that you are amazing. 
Every addict I've spent time with and learned even just a little bit of their story totally amazes me. The trauma and the tragedy that you've survived and overcome is inspiring. The willingness that you have to even try to change and get better is moving. And the courage that you show in getting up every single day and moving forward is incredibly motivating to me. You are amazing. Every single one of you. And last, I want you to know that you are worth recovery. I've told you this story before and it's worth retelling. When I was contemplating beginning this journey and starting this podcast, I was really struggling with the name. I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to name it and what I wanted my message to be for all the women in the world. And as I thought and prayed and thought some more, the words that kept echoing in my head were these, every woman is worth recovery. Every single one, every woman is worth recovery. I know most of you might not feel that way right now. Sometimes in the depths of this whole messy thing that we call recovery, you feel discouraged and depressed and you feel like the battle is never going to end. You might feel like you can never make it or even win one tiny little battle. I've been there. I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to leave the recovery world in the dust and run back towards my addiction with open arms. I know that recovery is hard. It's hard. We live in a world of addicts. Addiction is the easy path in our world. To pull out of it requires a lot of dedicated work. And I know I can feel it in my bones that you are capable of that work. You are worth recovery. If you don't feel that way, then just tell yourself over and over again that Amy believes I am worth recovery because I do. And one day you'll believe that as well because you are. I love all of you so much, so I hope you remember that you're never alone, you are amazing, and you are worth recovery. I hope that you each have a day filled with sunshine and possibilities soon, because it's amazing, and I'm praying for you that you do. Now, today, today is episode 59, and it is the continuation of our work in the 12 Steps of Recovery. We are concluding this discussion of Step 7 today, Step 7, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. In episode 57, we talked about the words humbly, humble, and remove, and what exactly they mean in relation to this step. And today, I want to give you three suggestions on how you can work this step in your life. Now, before we jump into these suggestions, just a few quick things. Remember that we have our event coming up in January, Engaged in the Struggle. It's our second Worth Recovery event, and it's going to be here in Salt Lake City, Utah. That's where I live, and I'm excited to do something on home turf here. January 21st, 2017. So just a few months away. We've already, registration has already begun, and we already have women registered. I'm so excited. So don't delay too long in getting your tickets. We do have limited seating. You'll want to make sure that you buy that ticket before December 1st because early bird pricing is available until December 1st. So make sure you've got that going for you. Um, I'm really, I've told you before, but I'm really excited about our lineup. We've got three incredible therapists that are going to speak uh, with us and do some great work with us. Um, First, we have Jackie Pack, who's going to speak on boundary essentials. 
Boundaries is always a topic I can never get enough of. I need to figure that out in my life a little bit better. We have Candace Christiansen, who's going to talk about trauma and addiction, the role of trauma and addiction. Candace has a long history in dealing with trauma, and I'm really excited to hear from her and know that she's going to have a lot to share with us. And our third speaker is going to be Lou Duke. Lou is going to be speaking about shame resilience, and she is trained in the Brene Brown Daring Way facilitation. And so I'm really excited to hear what she has to say and some of the strategies and techniques that she's that she teaches about shame resilience. It's going to be fantastic. Make sure that you get your ticket. You can buy that ticket at worthrecovery.com, www.worthrecovery.com. Now, of course, before we move forward, I want to give a shout out to our Worth Warriors because you ladies are just simply amazing. Just this week, I've had a number of women reach out to me who are brand new to the sex addiction world. They are just finally realizing that what they have is a sex addiction and what's ruining their life is a sex addiction. And it's always humbling to have those calls with those women when they're first reaching out because they feel so alone and they feel so abnormal and they feel like like no one can help them. And all of a sudden, they hear the voice of a woman who knows what they mean, who can even laugh about it a little bit and who understands the struggle that they're dealing with. And it's amazing to hear them break down and just feel so grateful to have another woman understand what is happening in their brain and what is happening in their life. You worth warriors, you make this possible. It's my mission to provide the voice and the hand of a woman reaching back to these women. It takes a lot of time to write, produce, edit, and post each of these podcast episodes. You ladies who contribute monthly as a worth warrior, you guarantee that this podcast continues to remain free for all those women out there. And I can't thank you enough for that. It's been inspiring and I'm so grateful for you. Now, if you're not a worth warrior, but you've been enjoying what you're listening to and you're a regular listener, maybe this podcast has helped you, maybe even just a little bit, then get on the website and become a worth warrior. There are special perks and discounts for you. You get special access to things and you can join for as little as $4 a month, ladies. That's a little bit less than 50 cents an episode and it's less than the price of lunch one day a month. So get on the website, look for the Worth Warriors logo, and join the movement. I would be honored to have you. You can do all of that on worthrecovery.com. W-O-R-T-H-R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y.com. Okay, so let's dive into step seven here. Now, our episode, episode 59, is titled, It Works When I Work It. And I want to focus on three methods that I have found effective in working this step in my life. Now, remember, six and seven, step six and seven work really closely together. And if I've worked a thorough six and seven in my life, then I'm going to have some amazing results. I want to share with you just a few of the results that I feel like I've seen in my life in working step six and seven. One of them is I feel like I had a more personal relationship with my higher power. As I got more specific when I was praying and asking for specific things to change in my life, I felt like my relationship with my higher power became much more personal and much deeper. Another change I saw in my life was definitely a change of attitude, not only towards me, my personal self, but I also saw a big change in attitude towards other people because I I recognized that I wanted my life to change so much and yet... 
things weren't happening the way that I wanted, or I saw my own character defects and, and I realized that I didn't want to act on them, even though I was. And I became a lot more compassionate for other people who were also struggling with their own character defects. That change of attitude has been awesome for my life. Another really important thing for me in step six and seven that has changed who I am is this idea of seeing myself right-sized next to my higher power. Understanding that I'm human, understanding, finding that compassion for myself, and also understanding that I have a lot more control over my own actions than I think that I do. I might not have control over the urges, but I have a lot of control over the actions. Another thing that has really changed in my life in working step six and seven is more trust and more willingness to live in the gray area, the not knowing, right? That comes from detaching myself from the end result. And I find that I'm much more willing to sit in something and be patient and allow things to work out. As we humbly ask God to remove our character defects, we have to detach ourselves from the outcome and realize that it's a process. And that really has changed my life, being willing to live and sit in that gray area. These changes I have found come as we reflect on our shortcomings, we ask them to be removed, and then we take the action of actively working to help our higher power remove that shortcoming. So I have three methods that really focus on kind of those areas, reflecting, asking, and taking action. Now, the first method is mostly about the asking part. There is great wisdom in this paragraph from the SAA, Sex Addicts Anonymous, Green Book. It's on page 43, and it says, quote, Ready for fundamental change in our lives, and knowing that we cannot change without help from our higher power, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. The power of this step is in the asking, not the result. Asking is a powerful act. It expresses a deepening surrender on our part. The seventh step does not guarantee or even predict an outcome. We have found that God's will for us is usually different and ultimately greater than our own expectations. Simply putting ourselves in God's hands is all that's needed. Close quote. Method one involves just simply asking. Asking for God to remove these shortcomings or character defects. You can do this asking in many different ways. The AA Big Book includes a specific seventh step prayer. And I've seen a lot of people use this prayer as their way of asking. It says, My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Many memorize this prayer and offer it every day for a set amount of time. That was one of the first things that my sponsor asked me to do when working step seven was to memorize this seventh step prayer. Now, I know some modify it to meet their own unique version of God, which is awesome, so that they feel like it's a specific prayer to the God of their understanding and their own unique circumstances. It honestly doesn't matter. The power comes in the asking. However the asking happens, doesn't matter. That's where the power comes. We ask God to remove these defects of character. There is a lot of wisdom in this idea that asking does not predict or even guarantee an outcome. Now we've talked about that before. 
We have to let go of the result of the outcome when we perform this step. We ask our higher power and we don't negotiate. When we pray and ask our character defects to be removed, we have to be very careful of this idea of negotiation. We've talked about this before, but I think it's a very subtle thing that can seep into our prayers and into our asking without even recognizing it. Now, one of the things that I struggle with is being impatient with people. Um, I also struggle with being maybe argumentative sometimes. So I know in the past I've prayed something like this. Please help me be patient and choose the right words to speak so that my coworkers will understand me and support this decision. That may sound benign, but it is a little bit of a negotiation because I use the word so that and I give the outcome that I'm desiring. That's not really prayer or asking or being detached from the outcome. That's that's trying to negotiate. Maybe we say things like, please help me stay sober so my spouse won't leave me. Well, that's negotiation as well. Anytime we use the word so that, right, we're asking for a desired result. We're negotiating. We're not just asking for God's will or asking for our character defects to be removed. We're asking for a specific outcome. For asking to be effective, we have to leave the result in the hands of our higher power. Something like this, if we go back to my first example, please help me be patient and explain myself well today in my meeting at work. Thy will be done. Done. No negotiation there. It's important that we learn to ask and detach ourselves from the outcome, even in the smallest ways with the words that we use. Okay, method two. Method two is a daily reflection. The Essay Step Into Action book on page 72 gives us a method for working this step that incorporates all three of these ideas. It's a daily reflection, and we ask ourselves the following three questions. Question one, what character defects interferes most with my recovery today? Question two, how willing am I to ask my higher power to remove it? And question three, is there a specific action I need to take that maybe I am avoiding? Every night for three weeks, I was asked to answer these questions. So I have my journal here with all of the questions, and I just want to read a couple to you. Okay, so this one comes from, I'll actually give you the date even, it was July 18th of 2013. So three years ago, just over three years ago. The first question, what character defect interferes most with my recovery today? And on that day, I wrote inconsistency. I need to be more consistent and more disciplined about reaching out and about prayer. I am willing to ask my higher power to remove this defect. The specific action I'm going to take is I'm going to get up at the same time every day. I need to get out of bed and be consistent about doing my daily routine. Now the very next day, on July 19th, I wrote, The character defect that most interferes with my recovery today is stubbornness. For some reason, I keep thinking I can do this on my own, or yet, even though I know I can't do it on my own, I am being stubborn and not asking for my higher power's help. I need to pray more. I just need to pray on my knees every day. Yes, I will ask my higher power to remove my shortcoming, and my specific action is I'm going to pray on my knees tonight. So, interesting, right? And the very next day, I'll give you one more. This was on 7-20-2013. The question, of course, is what character defects interferes most with my recovery today? Pride. 
I wasn't sure what to write. I allowed myself to participate in probably some middle circle behaviors the last two nights. I talked to a partner who wasn't real. I fantasized a whole conversation and situation. I wanted someone to process with, someone to talk to about my life. Rather than reach out, I isolated, thinking I could handle it myself. When I do that at night, even if it's not sexual, by morning I feel all wound up and aroused. It's easy to pick up where I left off the night before with my fantasy and turn it sexual to match my sexual energy. I did that this morning and almost started touching myself before I stopped. My sobriety date stopped me. I said out loud, December 2nd, 2012, like 20 times. Yes, I am willing to ask God to remove this shortcoming. Action. Call five people today and tell them what happened. Those are just a few of the ones that I did from when I was working this step about three years ago. There are a lot more, a lot more. This was incredibly helpful in my life. I found that isolating one character defect and working on it that day was helpful. It helped me not feel overwhelmed or shut down based on all the character defects I have. These three questions, what character defect interferes most with my recovery today? How willing am I to ask my higher power to remove it? And is there a specific action I need to take that I'm avoiding? These three questions helped to change my life. I would encourage you to make sure that when you're working step seven, that you do some type of daily reflection like this. Now, the third method that I have seen work in working step seven, this method is that of working mindfully on one defect at a time. Let me give you an example. So one of my major character defects is that of passing judgment. So for a week, I make a plan to work on this defect. Maybe I begin by doing some writing about the defect. Where does it show up in my life? What is the need behind the defect? Next, I look at the opposite. What is the opposite of judgment? I think that's acceptance. I look at acceptance. How do others show me that they accept me? How can I show others that I accept them? I do some writing to kind of explore this defect that I have. And then next, I'll ask God to remove the shortcoming of passing judgment. I ask for him to point out opportunities where I could practice acceptance. I make a plan of what I will do when I find myself passing judgment. Maybe there's a prayer that I will say. Maybe there's some specific action that I will take. Whatever it is, I make a plan so that when I find myself passing judgment, I have an alternative method and a way to reconnect me with my higher power. For a full week, I will practice this. Every day I say a prayer asking for judgment to be removed from me, and I look for opportunities to practice acceptance. The next week, I work on another character defect. Or maybe I'll go two weeks on judgment if it's still giving me major trouble. But then I will move on to my next character defect, and I mindfully work through this list. I have found this method to work really well on my big big character defects, the ones that happen every day, the ones that are causing major problems for me in my life. If I can mindfully spend some time with each of those character defects and dig into them, find out the need, figure out the opposite, figure out a plan for what I'm going to do when I find this manifest in my life. And then for a set period of time, I pray about that defect and ask my higher power to remove that from my life. And then I look for those opportunities when I'm practicing that character defect to do something different. This has really, really helped me. I think this works best with those major ones that happen every single day, whether that's rage, whether that's being impatient, whether that's passing judgment, whatever it is. 
whatever it is. If you have a major flaw, a major shortcoming that's taking up a lot of your time every day, working this way really helps to kind of knock that down a couple notches. It's one of the ways that I really, really helped me with passing judgment and a few other major character defects that I have had in my life. But all three of these methods work. These three methods are time-tested by me and for others. Remember that the power here begins with the asking. When we ask for our shortcomings and our character defects to be taken from us, we are submitting to the will of our higher power. Once we ask, though, it's our responsibility to act differently. And so that's why I know when I worked this step, my first commitment was to memorize that prayer and to say it every day for a set amount of time, to do the asking. And the second part was to do one of these daily reflections, to really look at what character defect is causing me problems today. For my major character defects, I used that third method and spent some time mindfully working on each one of those. All three methods work. All three methods can really, really change your life as you move forward. Again, once we ask, it is our responsibility to act differently, to really try and to do what our higher power would have us do in place of our character defects. I'm incredibly grateful for step seven in my life. I probably say this about every single step, but it was really a major turning point for me in my life as I worked more intimately with my higher power about the things that I do on a daily basis, about those shortcomings that cause problems for me and for others. It was one of those steps that really deepened my original commitment in step three to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. It was in this step seven that I really started to see the care of God in my life because even those little things that happen on a daily basis, I started to see my higher power show up and help me and help me change and help me move forward. And I'm incredibly grateful for that and for all of the step work in my life. As we conclude today, I just want you to remember, as always, ladies, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this very moment, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. So keep up the fight. Don't forget you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even a little bit, if you think it's worth 50 cents, get online and join the movement. All the details are on the website, worthrecovery.com. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. I hope you have a fantastic day full of sunshine and possibilities. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.